This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church starting a new sermon series, The Biblical Mission of the Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church. Senior Pastor Farrell Hardison bringing the message today on this January the 8th of 2023. We'll start off with the praise team and the Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church Choir.
ushers up here. I'm going to start preaching. Y'all better get on up here. I'm going to tell you what, them piano lessons are paying <laughs> off. There they are. Hey, boys. Good to see everybody. Thank y'all for being here in church today. I feel the Lord, don't you? I'm glad, we, I'm glad we're Pentecostal because I, I don't just know, I feel. It's all right to feel, isn't it? And uh, sometimes you don't feel much, and that's when you go on what you know, right? But I thank God for that uh, awareness of his presence. Lord, bless the offering that we're about to receive. We ask you to multiply it and give us the wisdom to use it only for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
tell you, I believe if my shoelaces weren't tied, I'd have gone right on up to heaven during that song. Thank God for that good music. Amen. Choir, you did good. You did good. David wore his yellow tie today. I knew then we were going to have church. Amen. Let me talk to you just a little bit about um, some of the things Brother Mac mentioned uh, when he was giving announcements. Give you just a little bit more detail. If you look at your bulletin, just go ahead and open your bulletin. If you have it there with you, let me just uh, reemphasize some very, very important things. Now that fellowship ministry announcement, y'all need to get in on that. They eat a lot. I went with them on a trip, and we ate big going, and we ate big while we were there, and we ate big on the way back home. So I don't know where y'all are going, but sign me up. Now, I'm going to be talking especially to the leaders of our church on Saturday morning, January the 21st. And we're going to start at 8.30, and we're going to have coffee. And me and Miss Millie are going to go to Krispy Kreme in Goldsboro that morning. And we're going to eat a donut and tell you all about it. <laughs> oh, y'all thought we were going to bring donuts. No, no, they cost way too much to bring any. <laughs> no, we're going to pick up some donuts. And uh, they might still be warm that morning, so come on. And uh, we're going to have coffee, and, and there will be some other little goodies there and soft drinks and things. And we're going we're gonna to start at 9 o'clock sharp. And I'm going to talk to you all about what God's put in my heart for this church. And I want my leaders there, I need my deacon board there if you're, if you're physically able. I need my... I need my leaders there. If you hold a leadership position in this church, and especially if you hold a, a um, department head leadership role, we need you. I'm also going to introduce at that meeting some new ministries that I believe God wants us to have here at Pine Level Church. Um, now, we have a lot of ministries, and I don't think necessarily that a church is healthy just because they got a lot on the menu. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been to a um, restaurant that had everything on the menu? Italian, Mexican, American, they had it all. I like those restaurants that have a little bitty menu, but everything on that menu is delicious. That's what I like. I think a church can get too spread out. And um, we don't need to treat ministries, because ministries are methods. They're methods. Methods change. How many of y'all know we don't do things exactly now like we did 40, 50 years ago? Methods change. Now, the message never changes. The message is the Word of God, and that never changes. But methods change. 
And uh, we, may, we may stop some ministries at some point in the future. I don't have any ministries in my mind. But we need to love this church as a whole enough that if a ministry isn't working anymore, we make some changes. Amen? Amen. I know it's hard to say amen to change. I know. I know. We, we, we marry our ideas, and we don't need to marry methods. We just date them. And then when we don't like them no more, we break up. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about a couple of new ministries uh, that, that we're going to begin. And that's not my whole talk. I want to talk to you about uh, the, the culture and foundation we have to build here so that we can expand our influence in this community. I want, our, I want our, our church to be influential in this community. And when I say that, I don't mean influential in the sense of popular, influential in the sense of the gospel, getting the gospel out to those who don't know the Lord. So I hope you'll be here, and, and everybody's invited to that. You may not be a member. You might just like donuts. You're invited to come to that and hear my heart. Hear, hear me? And, and I'm going to take questions, and I'm going to try to respond to those questions, and, uh, and we're just going to uh, have a great time together as we seek God and look to God as to what He wants us to do in the weeks and months and years to come. Amen? So that's the 21st, um, and that's a couple weeks away, so mark that on your calendar. Uh, the new members class... All I'm going to do at that class, and that's on, what, what is that? That's Sunday night, the 22nd. So that's the very next day, that evening. I'm going to talk to you about, if you and look, you, you come to that even if you're just interested in being a member. Coming to that doesn't obligate you in any way. You, you can just say, I'm curious about the church. I'm, I'm curious about what it means to be a member. What are y'all going to expect of me? Uh, what can I expect of you? I mean, uh, you need to know what you can expect from the church as well as the church telling you what we believe the Bible says about uh, your, uh, our expectation of your part. And I'll explain all that. And also, if you uh, would like to get baptized, and our baptismal service is on February the 5th, but on that same night, January 22nd, when I talk to the new members, I'm going to talk about baptism. And, and it'll, it'll, the whole service will probably last an hour. And then I'll hang around when the service is over, and uh, any questions you have, I'll answer any questions you have, okay? And if you don't join the church, that's fine. That's no problem. If you're saved and you're not baptized, I'll need you to take that up with the Lord. Because the Lord don't tell us anywhere to join the church. It's not in the Bible, is it? So I'm never going to fuss at you about that. But you've got to be baptized, amen? If you've been saved, get baptized. It's like the little girl told the preacher, she said, uh, I got saved in Sunday school this morning and my teacher to come, told me to come tell you that I want to get advertised. Amen. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what baptism is. It's telling the world, I'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus follower. Now, I may not be a member of Pine Level Church. I, might, I haven't made that decision yet. But me being a, a member of Pine Level Church, 
does not have anything to do with whether I go to heaven or not. Amen. I know some churches, probably not too far from here, where you could go join the church and they'd tell you that makes you a Christian. It does not. I heard a black preacher preaching on that one time and he said, it don't make you a Christian joining a church any more than if you were to put kittens in an oven, they would turn into biscuits. He said, it just don't happen. <laughs> some of y'all get that going home. <laughs> but we... We want those things to be regular things that happen here. I want that baptismal pool. I want to be busy in there, don't you? Because you know what? When people are getting baptized, what does that mean? People are getting saved. They're getting saved. And you might say to me, I've been saved a long time, but I never did get baptized. Well, take care of that now. Take care of that. The Lord didn't suggest it. He didn't suggest it. He commanded. You say, well, I'm afraid of water. Well, we'll work with you anyway. We'll work with you anyway in the world. Did you know that uh, you don't have to go backwards when you get baptized? Did you know you can go forward when you get baptized? Did you know that there's no certain method of water baptism? But it is the word baptizo in the Greek, so it does mean to immerse. Immerse. So we put people under the water and right back out of the water and sometimes we'll hold them in there till they say tithe. <laughs> Just hold it. Are you go tithe. <laughs> Are you go tithe. And then when I hear, when I feel that, I'll come back up. That's how that works. I'm cutting up this morning. I'm sorry. I apologize. I knew I was in trouble because I started cutting up as soon as I got here this morning, like 9:30. I was already having a good time. But I'm excited about what's happening in our church. I'm excited. I look out here uh, this morning and I see a lot more people than I did the first Sunday I was here with you. So God's blessing our church. I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. And um, I'm glad that you're here. And I want to begin a brand new sermon series today. Um, let me talk about church membership real quick. So... So what we'll do when you join the church is we will, we will ask you to come forward and stand at the front so everybody can see you, and then the group that comes will sing a song. That's not true. That's not true. The group that comes will dismiss service, will go ahead and dismiss and ask you to stay, and folks will just come up and welcome you into the fellowship. Amen? Uh, we might just have you go to the back door and stand back there. And as people are leaving, they can welcome you into the fellowship as they're exiting. So it's a very, very simple thing. And we, we won't embarrass you. We won't embarrass you. Um, we'll just be glad to have you. I want to talk to you. Oh, one more thing. I want to thank all, I want to thank all the men who helped me move the other day. Amen. Miss Millie's excited about that. She's happy about that. Um, Thank you, gentlemen. Y'all did so well. And Brother Mac, we left you, man. We left you and just left you with the furniture falling. We just left you. But we, we pulled over to the side and waited for you. We didn't go back and help you. But we pulled over and waited for you. So, but, but man, you guys, thank y'all so much for helping me and Miss Millie move. And I want to thank the church. Now, y'all did a love offering for me for Christmas. And... Uh, Brother Mac said, now, Pastor, we used to tell what that was, that amount. 
what it was. He said, but we decided it'd be better to let the preacher, if he wanted it to be told, let him decide that. And I want to tell you, I want to tell y'all what y'all gave us. Because we were stunned. We were shocked. And uh, very, very, very blessed. But y'all gave us over $1,600 for Christmas. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank y'all so much for that. So, uh, so appreciated. And, uh, and I felt like y'all needed to know how generous you had been to me and Miss Millie. And, and uh, we wanted to say thank you. So let's talk today, beginning today, about the mission of this church. We're on a mission. A lot of the activities that a local church does, to be quite honest with you, has nothing to do with the mission or very, very little to do with the mission. And what I want to do uh, as your pastor is I want us to continue to do the things we're doing and have the activities we're having. But what I want us to do is ask ourselves, what can we do that is 100% mission oriented? Amen? What is our mission? What has God called us to do? And what does that look like? How do we live that out? It's one thing to know it. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to read it in the Bible. But pastor, what does that look like? What does uh, Pine Level Church carrying out their mission look like? Let me, let me just uh, ask you to think about something. Some of you know a lot about the history of this church. As a matter of fact, uh, Miss Jenny gave to me and Millie a, a uh, notebook that had a ton of information about the history of our church. And I'm sure, I'm doing this off the cuff, but I'm sure we would make that information available to you if you'd like to know more about the history of our church. It's very, very interesting. And not only is it interesting, but it is obvious that God has had his hand on this church since the very beginning, since the birth of this church. You know what we hear a lot about these days? Church planting, church planting, plant a church. Uh, denominations, even our denomination, the Pentecostal Holiness Church, very, very big on church planting, starting new churches. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But I'll tell you what I feel called to do is to revitalize our older churches. Come on. Not just start new churches, but let's revitalize our older churches, our churches that have been around for a long time. Maybe things have gotten a little bit stale. Maybe things just aren't as exciting as they used to be. Maybe, uh, maybe the culture of the church is, is uh, not conducive to people getting saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, maybe the culture is not conducive to church growth or, or reaching the community. So I feel like those churches need to be revitalized. If somebody asked me what I believe God has called me to do here at the Pine Level Church, you all don't need revitalizing uh, here. I felt the vitality of God when I got here. I felt the presence of God when I got here. What I think God has uh, sent me here to do is uh, number one, be loved on by y'all because y'all have sure loved on us and uh, me and Miss Millie love you. But I believe God wants uh, me to lead you as he leads me into a more effective strategy and plan to fulfill the biblical mission of this church. Amen? Don't you want to know that our church 
is uh, uh, modeled after the New Testament church, the, the local New Testament church. Now, I'm not gonna preach on it and I don't even want you to turn in your Bibles there, but let me give you a scripture to read. I've already preached this sermon at this church. Do y'all remember when I was filling in for you? How many of y'all remember that I preached homecoming for you a couple years ago? I preached this sermon at homecoming. The book of Acts chapter two, verses 41 through 47. Acts chapter two, verses 41 through 47. Those verses, in my opinion, and let me tell you something about my opinion, Brother Mac. It's very humble, but it's very accurate, in my opinion. So my opinion uh, is that that is one of those passages in the Bible where God takes a lot of information and puts it in a nutshell. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Have you ever somebody? Have you ever heard somebody talk a long, long time and then at the end they'll go, and in a nutshell, and you want to say back, I wish you to just put it in the nutshell to begin with. So in the nutshell, God says to me in Acts 2, 41 through 47, what a healthy New Testament church looks like. So I challenge you to, to write that scripture down or, or listen to this sermon later uh, on, on uh, Facebook and, and write that scripture down and read that. That's the, that's the marks of a healthy church. I believe that's what I called that sermon on that homecoming Sunday. Matter of fact, I believe I've probably preached that sermon a couple of times since I've been here. But um, we have a mission. Pine Level Church has a mission. Now, to be honest with you, the mission of every church ought to be the same. The mission of every church ought to be the same, and you'll see that in just a minute. The reason I say the mission of a local church, all local churches ought to be the same, is because the Bible says what the mission is. So if the Bible says what the mission is, I can't choose another mission. I've got to do that mission. So the mission is the biblical instruction on what a local church who is made up of individual Christians, y'all understand that, I, Farrell Hardison, am, am an individual Christian. I have an individual personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but I'm in this church and I'm a part of this body. So I have an individual relationship with Jesus Christ, God the Father through the Son Jesus. I have that individual relationship, but I'm also a part of a body of Christ called Pine Level Pentecost Holiness Church. You and I are in this same family called Pine Level Church, and we are a part of a worldwide body of Christ of people all around the world, past, present, and future, who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Does that make sense? So, so my mission is the exact same thing as your mission. Because, and the reason I say that is because God said what our mission ought to be. Now, here's what's different about churches. Their vision. So in the mission, the Bible says what we ought to be as a church. In the vision, God says pine level, this is specifically how I want you to carry out the mission. Who's with me? Now, now the vision here at Pine Level PH Church is gonna be different than the vision at the Methodist Church. 
Am I pointing at the Methodist church? At the Methodist church, it's right there. The mission ought to be the same, but the vision on how to carry out the mission is gonna be different. Are y'all with me? Missionary Baptist. When I was here the first time, the Missionary Baptist pastor and I got to be best buddies. Dolan Humphreys. Does anybody remember Dolan Humphreys? Here back in the day, wonderful man of God. Me and Millie, uh, um, I probably shouldn't run this rabbit, but I am. Uh, Millie dug out some old um, eight millimeter videos that I took when I was here. And uh, Mitch and Brandon are running around in the front yard over at the parsonage that ain't there no more. And um, um, we, there was a video of Dolan Humphreys and his wife over at the parsonage and we were cutting up and just laughing and having a good time and it was so good to see him. Now I loved him and I, I miss him and I don't even know where he is now and if, if uh, he or anybody else hears about this or sees this, I'd love to find out where he is. I'd love to hug his neck. But, but I had a wonderful, wonderful fellowship with him. Now we, we didn't have the same doctrine. Now tonight I'm gonna teach y'all what our doctrine is. Uh, tonight and Sunday nights to come, we're going to learn what our doctrine is. How many of you want to know what we believe and why we believe it? How many of you know that's important? To know what you believe and where is it in the Bible and how does it change my life? So that's what we're going to talk about on Sunday night. I don't want you to think Sunday night's going to be boring. It's not going to be boring. If it gets boring, I'll do a dance and sing a song. And we'll just make sure it's not boring. So y'all be here. Y'all be here tonight. But, or watch us online. But um, the, the missionary Baptist vision is different than the PH vision, the Pine Level PH vision. The mission's the same. Why is the mission the same? Because God told us what our mission is. It's all the same for everybody. Free Will Baptist Church, different vision, same mission. Amen, amen? So let's talk about the mission. First of all, let me begin with this idea that mankind has a problem. <laughs> and that's us. We are mankind. That is us. Mankind, womankind. It's just humanity got itself into a mess in the very beginning. Do y'all remember reading that in the book of Genesis, how it did not take Adam and Eve long to mess it up, did it? And the Bible says in the book of Romans, because of the sin of one man, the sin nature and sin from that man has been passed down to how many of us? All of us. We're all born lost. You are not born saved and then you get lost. You're born lost. You are born needing a savior. And man has a problem. So God the Father said, I, I mean, I know God knows everything. He knows what's going to happen before it happens and all that. But thinking from human terms, I just know God had to look down and go, gee whiz, here I have created y'all and you have already messed things up. You've already messed it up. You haven't even had any children yet. And you've already sinned. You've already gone your own way. 
you've already listened to the devil and done what he said, and so, so let me save you. Let me rescue you. How many of you are glad God the Father said, I've got to come up with a plan to bring you back to me because you separated yourself from me because of your sin? Aren't you glad God developed a plan to come back to him? Amen. So he sent his son Jesus on a mission to the earth and man's sin again broke our relationship with God. It broke it. We had a wonderful relationship with God in the beginning. Do you remember in the book of Genesis where it said that Adam and Eve, that Adam and Eve, that Adam and Eve, do you remember that uh, they, it says they walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. Isn't that something? That means they did what God told them to do all during the day. And then at the late part of the day, which I have to tell you is my favorite part of the day. I just like it when the sun's going down and the beautiful uh, sky pictures that we get and those paintings God does. Have y'all seen some of them on Facebook? The pink clouds and the orange clouds. And I like that part of the day. I like it. And the Bible says in that part of the day that the Lord walked with Adam and Eve. And they just talked. They just talked with the Lord. But then they sinned. And when they sinned, it separated them from God. Sin separates us from God. That's why we need to be saved. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, who was a great religious man, but we all know religion will not get you to heaven, will it? No, no, no. What is religion? Religion is man's effort to get himself into heaven. Religion will not get you there. You need mercy, you need grace, you need forgiveness, you need salvation, you need to be born again. And that's what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you're a brilliant man, you're a religious man. You've got all the, uh, no doubt he had all the accolades and he had the hat and he had all the garb that the religious people wear. He said, but you know what, Nicodemus, if you died right now like you were, you'd leave this world lost. Because being a good man don't get you to heaven. You must be born again. You must be saved. You must experience the second birth. And I'm glad to report that since I've been your pastor, we've had uh, a lot of people, uh, a large group of people. I, I can't name them all right now, but, but probably at least a dozen people who have lifted their hand and said, I got saved today. Isn't that wonderful? And, and we want that happening. And those people who did that need to get baptized. And that's why we're having a baptismal service. But uh, there was a problem. Matter of fact, let me just uh, show you our problem in the book of Isaiah. Jenny's going to put that on the screen for us. Isaiah 59 and verse 2. The word iniquity means sin. It means sin. Your iniquities, that means mine and yours, our iniquities have what? Separated between you and God. That's what sin does. Brother Mac preached that Wednesday night. I remember him making that very statement Wednesday night. He said, uh, separate between you and your God and your sins, listen to this. Now this ought to make you a cold chill go over you. Have hid his face, God's face from you. Isn't that something? That he will not hear. See, we... We can't live any way we want to. We can't reject the Son of God as our Savior and then turn around and go, but I need God to do some stuff for me anyway. God don't make that deal with you. 
He doesn't make that deal with you. Now, he'll hear your prayer. He'll listen to your prayer. There's no prayer God can't hear. There's no prayer God won't hear. I think I said that earlier in the service today. But I want to tell you, the, the prayer God wants you to hear from you if you're not saved is, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. And then when you're born again, you have that relationship with him. He really becomes your father. You really become his child. And he listens to you as a father would listen to a child. So God's solution, and this just touches my heart this morning. I want you to think about a statement I'm about to make. I want you to get ready for it and I want you to get it. When we, when we sinned and we were lost, God took the initiative to get us back to him. Aren't you so glad that God, do y'all like my coat? Y'all like it? Good, I'm glad you do because I'm going to take it off. This is a, it's a nice coat, but it's a hot coat. So listen, God took the initiative, and what was his initiative? To restore us back to him, so he sent his son, Jesus. How many of you know Jesus existed before Bethlehem? He existed before. Look, Jesus is God. Jesus always has been, always will be. He is, Jesus is God. A lot of people say God told Jesus. Well, really, what you mean by that, and, and the better correct way to say it would be the Father told Jesus. When you say God the Father, God the Father and Jesus the Son are equal. They're equal. What did Jesus say? If you've seen me, what did he say? You've seen the Father. Jesus was saying, I am co-equal. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons or three parts. And so, and so uh, he, he takes the initiative and he says, I want you to go to the world. They've messed it up. They've ruined things. I want you to go to the world. I want you to give your life. I will, I'll raise you from the dead and I want you to save these folks. Now, I want you to look at a verse every one of you can quote. Matter of fact, we did a whole choir song about it this morning. Look at John 3.16. Look on the screen. I know you know it. I know you can quote it. But let's, did you know you can become so familiar with a scripture that it loses its impact? Uh, you you kind of look at it as a quote or a nice thing to hang on your wall. I don't, listen to me, listen to me. John 3.16 is the word of God. It's the word of God. Look at this. Since man sinned, so because man sinned, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his unique son. God didn't choose one son among many. He only had one. The only begotten son of God that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, shall not perish, should not perish, won't go to hell, but have everlasting life in heaven with God. So God did that. God made a way. God took the initiative. We ought to just shout hallelujah about that. I, I don't think I would have taken the initiative. I'm carnal. I'm rotten to the core. But God so loved Pharaoh Hardison. God so loved, and you put your name there. 
that he took the initiative to redeem us back to him. Now I want to uh, get you to turn to another scripture. And I want you to turn to this one. And you can look at it on the screen too. But if you got your Bible, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians. That's in the New Testament, about halfway through the New Testament. 2 Corinthians, it's easy to find. It's right before 1 Corinthians. And Ephesians is right before 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. Are y'all awake? Y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Don't y'all die on me out there. I'll come down there. You know I will. Now I want y'all to look at this. We're talking about the mission of, well, to be honest with you, we're talking about your mission. Your individual mission. My individual mission. But when we gather as a local church, then it becomes the mission of the local church because we all have the same mission individually. Amen. So God's gonna tell us right here in these two verses what our mission is and what the mission of this church is. You ready to walk through it? Look what it says. And all things are of God. And when he says that, he's talking about things he said before verse 18. So you need to read this chapter on your own at another time. But that's what that opening phrase, and all things are of God, what he really is saying there, all these things that I've already talked about are of God. And then he he goes into a new thought. Are of God, and he says, God hath, who hath reconciled us to himself, by, through Jesus Christ. So here's what, that, here's what Paul's saying. He's saying you were out of fellowship with God because of the, Adam, uh, the sin of Adam and Eve. You, you inherited their sin. And not only that, but you've got your own sins that are between you and God. He said, but God the Father sent Jesus the Son that if you will believe on his Son, that you will be reconciled back into the relationship with God the Father that you lost in the Garden of Eden. Now I'm preaching. It may not seem like it because I'm not spitting and sputtering and jumping straight up and down, but there is nothing I can say more powerful than what I'm saying right now. He says, God who, Farrell Hardison, Mac Perry, Larry Barbie, Jenny Vanderhelm, God who hath reconciled us to himself because we were divided from him by that sin and he did it how? It's right there. By Jesus Christ, through the work of Jesus. Now I know you know this. I know you're very familiar with this. I know you know it's the gospel, but I'm reminding you, I want you to hear it fresh this morning. I want you to hear it new. Listen to me. I want you to rehear it. I want you to rehear it like you're hearing it for the first time. He's saying, he's saying that God reconciled us back to him where we lost that relationship in the Garden of Eden and he did it by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and your faith in Jesus and the work he did for you. Now look at verse 19. To wit... That God in Christ 
reconciling, making right. He's saying that word reconcile means to make right what God, what God divided to make it right. And, and if you study that term in financial, in the financial world, you will find that it generally basically means the same thing. He says, God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. It doesn't mean that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, that all of a sudden everybody's saved. No. You have to believe. You have to embrace. You can't say, and a lot of churches preach this now. A lot of churches preach that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, that that means everybody's saved now because of what Jesus did. No. No. The Bible says in John 3, 16, whosoever believeth in him shall inherit eternal life, shall avoid the pits of hell. He said, so God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not charging them or not, no longer making them responsible for their trespasses. Thank God for that. When you get saved, the Lord at that moment doesn't hold any of your sins against you at that moment. When the Lord forgives you, he'll never bring it back up to you again. He throws it as far as the east is from the west. He throws it as far as uh, the Bible says the depths of the sea. He throws it into the deep of the sea. He'll never bring it back up to you again. Reconciling to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses against them anymore. And God, here it comes, here comes our part. Here comes the commission. Here comes the mission. And God hath committed now unto us the word of reconciliation. What does that mean? God said, I saved you from your sins through my son Jesus. You believed on him, you were born again. Now, the message of reconciliation has been given to you. Now, Farrell Hardison, you're born again. Mac Perry, you're born again. Millie, you're, bo you're born again, right. Okay, Millie, you're born again. Florence, you're born again. James, you're born again. Now, I've reconciled you. When you die, you're going to heaven. But, Along with that, I've given you a mission. Now, that message of reconciliation is your message to tell. That's what he's saying right there. So, you know what? A lot of people got saved and never had this teaching and they got saved and they sat down. And they said, I got my ticket. I'm going to heaven. And they never thought about the fact that when they got saved, they were given a mission. They were given the message of reconciliation to say, Laurie, I got saved. I want to tell you about it. And I want you to be saved. And I want you, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about how I was before I got saved. I want to tell you about the day I got saved. And I want to tell you how it's been different. And I want that for you. Now that is the message of reconciliation. See, I got saved. Now it's my responsibility 
to take that message to the unsaved and say, God wants to reconcile you because listen to me, can we get real blunt today? People who haven't been reconciled are going to hell when they die. They're going to hell when they die. You know, Brother Bill's fighting his battle and Mary's fighting her battle and Brother Norman's fought his battle. If you had the cure for cancer, would you tell it? If, if all of a sudden you figured it out, the cure for cancer, would you tell it? You say, man, I'd tell it. I'd, you know what, preacher? I'd knock on doors and tell people, if you got cancer or anybody in your family's got cancer, right here, if they'll, if they'll mix this up together and drink it, their cancer will go away. Every one of you do it. We've got something better, 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 far better than the cure for cancer. We've got the cure for sin. We've got the cure for sin. It will take you into eternity in heaven. You know what? You know what? Can I? We rejoice. If somebody were to walk up here this morning, blind, a blind person, were to walk up here this morning, and we were to gather around them and pray for them, and, he, and God healed them, they could see, we'd tell everybody. Huh? Come on. We'd tell everybody. We, you know what you'd do? You'd go to lunch today and, and, and you'd stand up and say, y'all, I've got to tell this. I know y'all don't know me and here I am at Cracker Barrel and most of y'all ain't even from around here because you're just driving up and down 95. But I want you to know something. In my church this morning, a blind man got healed. You'd tell it. You would not be ashamed to tell it. You wouldn't hang your head down to tell it. We've got something better than healing for blind people. You know what? I might spend my whole life blind, but there's no end to eternity. There's no end. Whether you end up in heaven or hell, there's no end. You know what, Brother Matt? I've got the message of reconciliation. When God saved me and made me right with him through his son Jesus, he said, now Pharaoh, you've got the message. I give you the, look at the end of that verse. Look at it. It says, God, that's God, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. What's the mission of the church? What's the mission? The mission of me and you. I just did it with Laurie. My mission. And then we gather as a body called Pine Level Pentecostal in the church. Every one of us individually have the same mission. So our church, listen, listen, ought to be structured organized and functioning as a reconciling church. So we preach it. We teach it. We believe it. You all have listened to me preach this morning. You've said amen. I've seen you nodding your head and, and positively and I appreciate it so much. I love that. But it's got to be more than a sermon. It's got to be more than a Bible lesson. It's got to be the culture of the church. It's got to be how we live our lives daily. 
that yes, I have a job where I make money and I pay my bills and I've got a family and the Bible tells me how to treat my family and tells me how to be a good husband, good wife, and a good parent and I've got to do all that, but my main role is to live and speak in such a way that people know they can be made right with God through Jesus Christ the Son. That's our job. That's our job. So let's go on. Let me, let me close. I'll say I'm closing and uh, that'll make y'all feel better. So, so what was the mission of Jesus? What was his mission? We don't need to guess what Jesus' mission was because Jesus tells us his mission. Now, I didn't give Miss Jenny these verses because I want to go through them very quickly and I want you to listen to me. Now, here's something I'm going to offer you. If you all want a copy of my sermon notes because you, you want to read through them again or you want to get some verses you missed, all you got to do is let me know. Give me your email address and I'll send you my sermon notes. And then you can look at them and you can go through them again and you, and you can say, let me see if that rascal was telling us the right thing. You know, let me study this myself. Nothing would thrill me more than for you to want to dig deeper. Nothing. I want you to listen to these five statements by Jesus. What's Jesus' mission? Listen to these five statements by Jesus. Anybody here care what Jesus said? Amen. So let's look at these five things Jesus said. He said, the son of man, who's that? Son of man, Jesus, yes. The son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Listen to me. Jesus said, my mission, my mission, my reason for coming to the earth was to seek and save those who are lost. Then he said, that's Luke 19.10. Then he said in another place, this is why, listen to this, listen to this. Boy, it, it could be no clearer than this. Jesus, listen to what Jesus said. This is why I was born. Jesus said, this is why I was born. And we just celebrated his birth. Y'all did a great job too, by the way. And I never knew that Noah, I never knew that uh, Noah and Joseph were the same two people. I just never knew that in the Bible. Noah played a good part, didn't he? Playing Joseph. Look what Jesus said. This is why I was born. Now when Jesus starts a statement with this is why I was born, don't that make your ears perk up? This is why I was born and came into the world to tell the people the truth. Because they were believing a lie. They were believing if I'm a good person, if I obey all the laws, if I do all the do's and don't do all the don'ts, I get to go to heaven. No, no, you don't. Jesus said, that's a lie. I came to tell the truth. Here's another thing Jesus said. I came to give life and that more abundantly. I came, to, why did Jesus come? To give life. I want us to be a life-giving church. I want people, when they visit our church, when they walk in our church, I want them to feel life. How we treat them, how we speak to them, how we search them out, how we don't just all gang up with our family and our best friends on Sunday morning, but we lift our head up and say, are there any visitors here? Is anybody here I, I don't know? I want to make sure I say hello to them. I want to make sure I speak to them. 
I want people who are dying and, and sensing death who walk in that door to when they breathe our air, I want them to say, there's life in this church. And I want us to be a life-giving church. A life-giving church. Now, I can take you to churches where it's death-giving. I really can. Churches who say, we don't want new people in our church. We like our little club. We like our little thing, you know, like it is. We don't want no new people coming in here messing up our thing, messing up our city. How many of you know there are churches like that? We're not one, are we? Say it louder. We're not one, are we? No, no. Because why? Because we've been given the word of reconciliation. Therefore, our church has been given the word of reconciliation. And when people walk in that door who don't know Jesus Christ, one of the first impressions they're going to get, get about who Jesus is is how they're treated by his kids, by his children. So when they get love from us and they get acceptance from us, uh, you know the old song, we used to sing it, but we hadn't practiced it very well, just as I am. God took us just as we are. And I think I always found it amusing that God will take you like you are, but church folk won't. Because they're more holy than Jesus. Or they think they are. Yeah, somebody said apparently. Yeah, that's right. Look what else Jesus said. That was in John 10, 10, that last one. John 12, 46 says, Jesus talking, I have come as a light. You're a light. You're a light. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer wander in the darkness. That's easy to understand. Another place in Luke chapter four, he says, I must tell the good news about God's kingdom. And then he says, that's what I was sent to do. That's what Jesus said about himself. Now, Jesus' mission and our mission is intertwined. It's deeply intertwined. As a matter of fact, when Jesus, come on, we're Pentecostals. We're Pentecostals. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to send the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you might continue what I started. So the mission of Jesus is our mission. What Jesus was sent here to do, what are we called? The body of Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. So what his body did when he was here, we, the body, are to continue. He said it. To commence. Uh, he commenced it. He wants us to continue it. He said, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost so you will be empowered to do my will in this world. Let me just close with this. At the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be asked two questions. What did you do? And I pick on Matt because he's always sitting right here. So I'll pick on James. James, I saved you. Jesus, James, I saved you. What did you do with the gifts I gave you? What did you do with the talents I gave you? Pharaoh Hardison? I saved you from sin. Can, let's just say it like that. I saved you from hell fire. Eternal hell fire. I saved you from that. I, I, I reconciled you for that. So Pharaoh, I gave you gifts. After I saved you, what did you do with them? 
I gave you feral opportunities. I gave you time. I gave you resources. I opened doors for you. What did you do after I saved you? It's the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment of Christians. And, and I'm going to tell you, as long as I'm your pastor, and I know what my age is, I know there's a limit on how long I'm going to be here, but as long as I'm your pastor, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give forth the word of reconciliation. We're going, to, we're going to get people saved. We're going to do our best to get people saved. And we're going to have ministries, and we're going to start new ministries, and we're going to kill old ministries. I know that makes some of you so nervous. But if it's not about the ministry of reconciliation, is it worth our time? Is it worth our money? Is it worth our effort? I want you to pray. What, look, what if, I, what if I had a heart attack right now and died? And I was gone. And y'all had to get another preacher. You know what? What I've preached to you today wouldn't change one bit. Because it was in the Bible. I read it to you right out of the Bible. When we stand before God, God's going to say, what did you do to get people to me? What did you do to get people who were lost saved? That's going to be. So when we, when we start a new ministry, we're going to ask ourselves, how does this new ministry contribute to the mission of the church? And if it doesn't contribute to the mission of the church, then, then it's something we don't need to waste our time on. Amen. We don't need to spend our money on it. But if we can sit there and say, well, we're going to have that because it's going to reach children and children are going to be saved. And how many of you know that the older a person gets, the harder it is for them to be saved? The older a person gets, that's why we've got to get it in them while they're young, while their hearts are tender. So you're going to hear a lot about that from me. And you'll hear even more about it um, when we have our meeting coming up in a couple of weeks on that Saturday morning. Um, so in the sermons to come in this series, the ones coming, I'm going to talk to you about why this is important. We're going to talk about why it's important. I'm going to show you in the Bible why it's important. Um, some of you um, might be thinking, man, just, I mean, preach on Noah and the flood or, or, or preach on Jesus healing the blind man. Or Why have you got to preach this? Because it's in the Bible just like those things you just mentioned are in the Bible. And a lot of times, you know why people don't like preaching like this? It's convicting. It's convicting because we're not doing it. We're not doing it. How many of you all think a church that will evaluate itself and say, man, there's some things we need to do different because what we're doing is not giving God enough glory and it's not getting enough people saved and we need to change some things and those people change those things. How many of you think Jesus would look down on that and go, I'm going to bless that right there? God would go, I'm going to put my hand on that. Now all of you that love food, we ain't cutting out none of that. Now I'm going to make that real clear. Come on, I, I need amen from a piano player. Amen. Because the Bible talks about fellowship and we're not, we're not going to do anything to the fellowship group. And Look, I don't even have any ministry on my mind right now that I think needs to be stopped. 
I don't have any ministry on my mind I think needs to be stopped. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that when we do come to that, I don't want to be the only one who goes, guys, we're, we're wasting too much time and energy and money on that. We could take that same thing we're investing in there and put it over here and people get saved. I want you to come tell me. I want you to come say, you know, Pastor, I really enjoy that. I like that. and We've been doing that a long time. But nobody's getting saved because of that. We're not telling anybody about the Lord through that. How many of you know if a church will do an evaluation like that, God will put his hand on that church. And God will bless that church. And God will do great things in that church. You entertain angels unaware. God's going to send some ugly people up in here and challenge you to love them. God might send some stinky people up in here. He might send some people up in here who got them big earrings in there, them big old things in their ear. Every time I see that, I'm like, help him, Jesus. He needs that. That's gotten hurt. We might get some folks from in here that don't look like us. How, are you going to love them? Are you going to love them? Do they need the word of reconciliation? Let me ask you something. When they die, will they go into eternity? Yeah. Is it our job to do everything we can to get them saved before that happens? Absolutely. Is it all right I preach like this? We're going to do it again next Sunday. Let's all stand, would you? Let's all stand. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. I'm excited. Y'all mighty quiet. How many of you know that change is hard? The older I get, the more I don't like it. But when it comes to the church, when it comes to our mission, we've got to always be examining judging it and ask God to judge it and, and make those changes necessary. Listen to me, to be the most effective church we can be. In what I believe to be is the last days. I think we're in the last days. And whatever we're going to do, we better do it. Some of y'all got kids you're praying for and children you're praying for and neighbors you're praying for and people you're working for, work with that you pray for, neighbors you're praying for to be saved. Well, we're the ones with the word of reconciliation. We're the ones. So if you got the courage to look up and say, God, how would you use me? How would you use me, Lord? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. Use me. Thank you, Lord, for this word today. Let it be in us richly as we depart from here. You said, I am light in the darkness. As we leave here today, let us go forth as light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, I'm gonna stay up here. If you want me to pray for you, if you'd like for me and some of the other leaders to pray for you, I'll be happy to. If you wanna talk to me about your walk with the Lord and your relationship with the Lord, I'm not gonna leave. I'm right here. I'm right up here. I'll talk to you. I'll be here as long as you're here, as long as you need me here. This altar is never closed. It's always open. God bless you. Thank y'all for coming today. I love you. And I'm right here if you want to talk or pray.
This is the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.